Hello, a very warm Sunday morning welcome to you. Today's podcast is sponsored by your local Church Floor Cheerio Savings and Loan, feeding your toddler during the sermon without your knowledge since 1941. You're listening to the daily podcast of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Bemidji, Minnesota, a practical daily dip into the Word of God. We are very excited that you have joined us to listen and consider the Word of God from wherever and whenever you may be listening. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. This podcast is published four times weekly. Three times during the week, we feature a short devotional, and on Sunday, we replay a Sunday sermon from our church or on occasion from another of our Wells churches. On our weekday program, we are going through our daily prayer series on the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Each day, we will take a quick but thoughtful dive into a verse or two from one of these five potent accounts of the earthly ministry of Jesus and the early church. I hope you'll give it a try. If you are interested in learning more about our ministry, may I suggest you take a peek at www.stmarksbemidji.org. You may also want to subscribe to our YouTube channel for our video podcasts, friend us on our Facebook page, or if you have any trouble finding us, just look at the show notes in the podcast for those links I told you about. I also want to hear from you. If you have any feedback on the podcast or you just want to say hi, drop me a line at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org. The March to Victory Joy marches victorious over circumstance. If the world struggles to understand the kind of selfless love Jesus embodied and commanded, it will fail to understand the kind of joy he promises even more so. According to the world, joy is a result of circumstance. The season of Easter reminds Christians that we have a joy that will march over every circumstance until all the circumstances of life are perfected in eternity. Our sermon for today is titled, A Little While, and is based on John chapter 16, verse 16 through 24. Jesus went on to say, In a little while you will see me no more. And then, after a little while, you will see me. At this, some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean by saying, In a little while you will see me no more, and then after a little while you will see me? And, Because I am going to the Father. They kept asking, What does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Jesus saw that they wanted to ask him about this, so he said to them, Are you asking one another what I meant when I said, In a little while you will see me no more? And then after a little while you will see me? Very truly I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you, now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. Very truly I tell you, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask, and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. We now join Pastor Zamzo for the sermon. In the name of our Lord Jesus, 
who has risen from death and promised us eternity. Amen. Just a little while. Just a little while. As I said in the children's lesson, the response of a parent to a child asking how long that boring car ride is going to be. But to that child, how long is a little while? What in the world does that mean? Mom or dad says to you, a little while, and you're sitting there wondering, well, that little while to a grown-up could be five minutes, or that little while could be five hours. That statement, a little while, is cryptic in and of itself. Like if you're going to a party, you might say, well, I'm just going to stay there for a little while. Does that mean you're going to be in and out in 10 minutes? Or does that mean that you're going to be there for a couple of hours? Or if you want to go fishing and you say, I'm going to go out fishing for a little while. It's an indeterminate amount of time. The statement in and of itself is is cryptic. It's a fuzzy statement. So by using this statement, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He is intentionally being a little fuzzy. He's intentionally being a little cryptic as he speaks to his disciples here in John chapter 16. And as he says this to his, to his 11, keep in mind where he is and what he's doing. Jesus says this on that night that he is betrayed. Jesus and his disciples are, have, have met. He's given them the Last Supper. They're sitting there in, in the Garden of Gethsemane and he's like fielding questions. The disciples are asking and Jesus is answering one after another. And he's reminding them about his life and his ministry here on earth, but mostly he's preparing them for what is to come. For the Lord knows exactly what's going to happen to him in a little while. Both that night and what's coming the next day on Good Friday. Jesus tells them, in a little while you will see me no more. Then after a little while you will see me. And these two little whiles that Jesus drops on his disciples here leave them completely stumped. If Jesus is intentionally trying to be cryptic here or hazy, it worked. The disciples kept asking each other what it meant. Is this some kind of riddle? In a little while you will see me no more than after a little while you will see me. And not only does he not spell out how long a little while is, Rather, he seems to be doing a disappearing and reappearing act. That's only because we have the benefit of hindsight and all Scripture that we can easily, well, somewhat easily at least, understand what Jesus is talking about here. We put the pieces together, we can easily conclude that the first little while that Jesus is talking about refers to him speaking between the time of him speaking these words And the time that he would die and be buried. That's the first little while. 
The second little while refers to the time between his burial and his resurrection. Luther paraphrased Jesus' little riddle here. He said, After a few hours during which I am with you, you will not see me alive, but will see me dead and buried. Yet soon after this, you will see me alive again among you, risen from the dead. Indeed, from this moment, the little while that Jesus would be alive, while only a matter of hours, must have felt like an eternity to the disciples. The night was already full of tension and anxiety and fear and worry of all kinds. And then the mob shows up to arrest Jesus, to put him on trial. And think of all that happened in just that little while between Thursday evening and Friday. Think of Peter, who went one moment from saying, Lord, I'm ready to stand and die with you, to denying even knowing Jesus while he stood in that courtyard or on that fire. So much happened in just a span of a little while, only a matter of hours, but that must have been the longest night of their lives. As they watched their whole world being turned upside down as this man whom they had put their hope and their trust in, this man that they learned from for the last three years, the one who they believed in as the Messiah, a little while would be fast-tracked to execution to death, and they would see him no more. And then for those days in the tomb. And what were the eleven doing while Jesus was in the tomb? They were hiding. They were hiding, they were afraid. And on top of that, they're filled with grief. And imagine the questions they were asking themselves then. Why did God allow this to happen? Were we wrong? What about the miracles that we saw Him do? Is this all just some kind of divine joke? Now what? How do we even show our faces out in public after following this guy in His very public execution on that cross? Anybody that is anybody that knew that we followed Him, if they see us, they're going to rub our faces in it or even worse. Is this our life now? Is this what we have to deal with now? And for how long is this going to last? I'm going to put this into our own context. Don't those questions sound kind of familiar? Perhaps it's those moments in life where you don't really know where to look. Or those moments in our own lives when it feels as though things are being turned upside down and you go to God in fervent prayer and say, how long? And why? And what am I going to do now? And maybe God's answer to you is, it'll be a little while. And maybe just like the disciples, you're stumped. Maybe somebody that you know and love has an illness, something serious. And you can see the writing on the wall and you know that there's only a little while left. 
Perhaps it's the death of a child or a young adult and we say, gone too soon. They only had such a little while down here. Or maybe as adults we see just how complicated and how many moving pieces there are in life and challenging decisions to make and only a little while to make them. And we stand perplexed and confused. Or as Christians, as believers, we look out the doors and we see a world that is rejoicing when we seem so perplexed and challenged. Others seem to have it all together, then why don't I? Why don't we? We look out at the world around us and we see it firmly in the grip of Satan with materialism and wealth and sexuality, and it all seems to be doing just fine on its own, while Christians are persecuted or run down or exasperated because of the world's double standard. A kid at school or a person at work can publicly, openly, and shamelessly say that they identify as whatever sex that they want to identify as. They can put it out there, but a child that says, or a worker that says, I find my identity in Christ. How dare you? Don't speak of that. Keep a lid on that. And with all of that, regardless, with all the temptation that Satan throws in our faces, just like the disciples, we sit back, we wonder how long, and it seems easier to hide seems easier to say, is this just some sort of divine joke? And the temptations that Satan throws up at us because of all these things are to doubt and to question the power of the Word of God, to throw up our arms in consternation and say, great, now what? Does God want us to be miserable? Even as the world gnaws at our hope, is this our life now? And for how long? As Jesus taught His disciples that night that He was betrayed on the brink of His own suffering and the world seemingly coming down around His ears and around the ears of His disciples. And so He teaches us now. He says, A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come. But when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. So with you. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take it away. No one will take away your joy. And it did not and it was not. And they did rejoice. And the disciples saw both of Jesus' little whiles come to a conclusion. They saw the dark hours of of the Savior. And they mourned while the world rejoiced as Jesus lay in the tomb. But once they were together again, the anxiety and the grief and the fear that they felt vanished. And it was gone. And nothing could take away their joy, not the threat even of death or torture later in life. Because they knew it was a little while. Because they had sat down and they had ate and they drank and they talked and they spoke with the, with the risen Lord Jesus after His little while. And it filled them with a joy and a peace that this world couldn't overshadow. 
Not a joy of this world that passes quickly when the grief of circumstances in this life rise to meet it. No, the joy of Easter, the joy of Christ's resurrection became a source, a spring, a fountain of joy that all the little wiles of the world would never overcome. As the disciples saw Jesus firsthand, we too ponder how Jesus' resurrection transforms even the darkest and the saddest parts of our lives. Because we see how the darkest and the saddest parts of our Savior's life have become something to celebrate. We see our Savior's own little while here on earth and we see that, that little while of sadness for the disciples. And it dawns on us that everything down here, whether it is joy or whether it is sadness, is all just for a little while. But what the Savior's resurrection speaks of is not a little while. It is an eternity. And no matter what, it will all only be a little while before each and every one of us sees it. Martin Luther suggested once that Jesus stated this little riddle on the night that he was betrayed so quickly so that after he had risen from the dead, his disciples would continue to go back and think about it. And he seems to be right. That these once obscure words of Jesus, they were forced to ponder and their faith would become stronger. And here we are some 2,000 years later, still pondering this statement of our Savior Jesus. And so in those moments, when we ask God and pray how long or when, and it seems like He responds with a little while, remember that it is indeed just that, a little while. A little while for us to walk down here below. But while we do, we know we have a resurrection perspective. We know that one day we won't need to ask God anything, for we'll be in His presence. And so while we walk down here through this little while, we go to God the Father and we pray. We pray that He make us stronger and strengthen us through all of our days of sadness and wondering and even days of joy. That we always pray that we keep our eyes on Jesus. That we keep our mind on His Word. And that we pray that He stay with us for just a little while. Amen. That's all there is for today. But we are so happy you took a few moments out of your busy day to listen to God's Word with us. Please consider subscribing to our podcast to hear more devotions like this, Monday through Friday, and to hear our Sunday sermons as well. We also cordially invite you to join us for church every week at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. If you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website at www.stmarksbemidji.org.